It came out in our daily ministry prayer meeting. We gave thanks. Hospitalizations and case counts of COVID are declining. But take note, the faster spreading UK variant is on the rise, and those numbers could change in weeks to come. As a ministry, we keep praying. If you need prayer, write us at haventoday.org. One man had a stroke, then rehab. His roommate got COVID. Now this man has pneumonia, a low-grade fever, back in the hospital. Our Spanish director leading a funeral today for a COVID victim. Then the call, a man upset, calling us to say, don't you know if you get COVID, you didn't have enough faith? Which doesn't follow scriptural teaching, although he thought so. One thing in which he was right, none of us Christians have enough faith. It just goes to show you, faith is a free gift from God, and we keep asking him, the giver of life, for more faith. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. We're in a series this week called, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? In any crisis of any magnitude, especially where there is intense suffering involved, Christians ask the question, where is God? That hasn't been any different in the midst of this global pandemic, the coronavirus. We're asking, along with many others, where is God in this coronavirus world? I think it's an important question because it isn't just asking a theological question. Of course, we all know where God is. He's everywhere. Omnipresent is the $5 word for it. When we ask where God is, We aren't asking for its location. We know where he is. Our question is personal, and it's quite practical. What is he up to? Where is he at work? How can I see him working? That's really what we're after, isn't it? In a moment, I want to answer these questions in the best way possible, by looking to Jesus. After all, he is God with us, Emmanuel, who came to be with us. And one of the best examples of his incarnation is found in Philippians chapter 2. But before we get to this section that's so significant in Scripture, I want us to hear again from Dr. John Lennox. If I get carried away in the next few months by COVID-19, I know one day that voice will speak and I will be raised Mm -hmm. from the dead. And that, Uh, Charles, is where I find hope. That's John Lennox. He's a retired Oxford professor with three earned doctorates. He'll be back with us in just a moment. He also wrote a little book called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? In this short but very profound book, John Lennox will help you see how the Bible helps make sense of our world today. God knew there would be wars and pestilence, and as we come to him through Jesus, we can find a sure and certain hope for our daily lives today. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of John's book for your gift to the ministry, and our number that we always give at the opening and the end of our program is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. You can also go online and read some pages from the book, and after that, make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And a quick reminder, we still have the Gospel of Luke DVD, including a feature film following the entire gospel, word for word, in either the NIV or KJV. It's yours if you haven't gotten it for a gift to the ministry. And now, we open this haven today with Casting Crowns. Casting Crowns 
We're going to Philippians 2 to better understand the heart of Jesus and his servant king mindset. We opened with If We Are the Body by Casting Crowns here on a haven today called Where is God in a Coronavirus World. I want you first, though, to hear a little more from Dr. John Lennox in Oxford, England. When we spoke not too many days ago, he shared with me the importance of how Jesus comes to us. He knows our needs and he meets us where we are. 
He told me about a story in the Gospel of John that had really ministered to him. Mary and Martha had sent a message to their Lord, to Jesus. Their brother was dying. But before Jesus could get there, Lazarus, the brother, did die. What does this story tell us about Jesus today? Well, let's hear Dr. Lennox explain it to us. First of all, Martha meets him and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, that's a coronavirus kind of question. Lord, where were you? Uh, Were you socially distancing? Because if you were here, he wouldn't have died. So she believed he had the power. Her problem was he wasn't there. And that's the kind of thing that people are raising. God could do it if he would, but he doesn't seem to want to. And Jesus' answer to her was, of course, absolutely spectacular, ultimately. But he said, you know, um, your brother will rise again, which is lovely, of course. He didn't just say Lazarus would rise again, your brother. In other words, something of that relationship that they found precious is going to be restored. And Martha then went into theology and said, yes, I know he'd rise again the last day. He said, I don't mean that. I am the resurrection and the life. Mm. And that statement is so spectacularly absurd unless it's true. Mm-hmm. that it almost sends shivers down my spine. There he was standing in a graveyard saying he is the resurrection. Mm-hmm. That if someone uh, believes in him, even though they die, yet shall they live. Now, that's where I find my hope, because he demonstrated subsequently that what he said was true. He spoke yes. the word and the dead man came forth. But before that, the second sister came. And she said exactly the same as the first one. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she started to weep. And here's the most interesting thing. Instead of going into a theological discussion with her, Jesus saw her weeping and he wept too. And that tells me something about the heart of God. To the person that had the big philosophical and theological questions like Martha, he gave answers to that. But to the person who was weeping, He wept too to show that God is a heart that understands. And I believe that needs to be our response. We need to point to those two aspects of Christianity. One, there are real answers, but there's a heartbeat of love to people. And then, of course, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And I firmly believe that what he did in that little graveyard for one person 20 centuries ago, that same voice will one day speak. And all people who've trusted him will be raised from the dead. Mm. And so if, for example, I get carried away in the next few months by COVID-19, I know one day that voice will speak and I will be raised Mm. from the dead. And that, Mm. Charles, is where I find hope. Dr. John Lennox ministering to us today. He just retired recently as an Oxford professor. He actually had the late C.S. Lewis in the final class that Lewis ever taught before he died. Our world is hurting. The pandemic has struck at the heart of our way of life. Shutdowns, business closures, the loss of family and friends, the isolation has taken a toll. We want to know where we can find the Lord and his all-sufficient grace in a turbulent time like today. Where is he? One of the first places we should look is to his people and his church. It was the early 1500s, and the bubonic plague was rearing its ugly head again in Western Europe, 
sending entire villages and cities into a panic. The Black Plague was seriously lethal, incredibly contagious. And while many were fleeing from heavily populated areas, Christians were staying behind, and they were helping meet the needs of people. They remained with the sick, knowing full well they might contract the plague and face death themselves. It's a picture for us of what our perspective should be, wouldn't you think? We had to put others ahead of ourselves. Like the Apostle Paul reminding us in Philippians 2, we must have the mind of Christ, not counting ourselves as most significant, but looking first to the interests of others, counting them as more significant. Humility. It's a mark of the Christian. And that's where we will find the Lord in this time. Not in insisting on our own way, not in complaining day by day, not in openly disregarding public safety, but in counting others as more significant than ourselves. There's another aspect to how Christians responded to the plague in the 1500s that makes this all the clearer. Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer, was alive in the 1500s as the plague was sweeping Western Europe. Like everyone else, he knew how serious it was, and he commended Christians who were stepping up to help. But he wanted to give a word to those believers that weren't listening to Paul in Philippians 2, but were putting their own interests ahead of the interests of others. I want you to listen to Luther's perspective. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us, then I shall fumigate help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me, and I have done what he has expected of me, and so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others." If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith, because it's neither brash nor foolhardy. Now, Martin Luther wrote that in the 16th century, but I think he could have written it yesterday. The pandemic has been difficult for so many of us, but Luther's words encourage us, I think, to remember the Lord's word in our response. Where is God in a coronavirus world? Well, he's right here, where Christians are responding in humility and love for our neighbors, not putting ourselves first. Martin Luther described this kind of faith as neither brash nor foolhardy. And what did he mean? Brash would lead us to disregard our neighbor. Foolhardy would lead us to endanger ourselves for no reason. The faith that Martin Luther commended was the faith that loves our neighbor, is willing to help, but ultimately entrusts our lives in the hands of the merciful Father. It brings me to the text that I just mentioned, Philippians 2. It's not only about humility. It's about honoring Christ in everything. Here, let me read a bit of that text. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, 
but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It all begins, Philippians 2, with unity in Christ. And it ends by reminding us how that unity came about. If we truly believe that in Christ we have unity, then our lives can be marked by a radical willingness to put others ahead of ourselves. And this willingness is not grounded in our own kindness or our own ability to love well. It's grounded in what the Lord has done for us. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Son in the flesh. Yet he lowered himself, he became a servant, he became like us, and he was obedient. He didn't just risk his own life, Paul said. He was obedient all the way to the point of dying on a cross for us. When we obey the Lord, putting others ahead of ourselves, we're honoring Christ. He was humble. He put us first. So we are free to put others first. But Paul goes further, and what he said next will help us think practically about where the Lord is in our coronavirus world. He said, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Did you hear that? Do everything without grumbling or arguing? That's one of Paul's application points after reflecting on Christ's work for us. Think about your life this past year. It's been almost a year since the Western world came to a halt due to the coronavirus. Have you done everything without grumbling? It might surprise you that the Greek word for everything here really does mean everything. Do everything without grumbling. Paul's words so applicable to our coronavirus world. Have you done everything without arguing? These are questions each of us needs to consider. I'm not going to litigate the different ways Christians have behaved. I'm instead going to challenge each of us, if you're a Christian, to consider if these words from the Apostle Paul are accurate, are true. Are you a grumbler? Are you an arguer? It's a convicting question. And one each of us needs to answer, and we need to do that before the Lord. And why? Why is it so important? We ask the question, where is God in a coronavirus world? And Paul makes it clear. The world sees the Lord when his people hold fast to his word and live their lives accordingly. Paul encouraged those ancient Philippians, not to grumble or argue. And it wasn't just so they wouldn't be annoying to the people around them. Listen again to his reason, so that you may become children of God, and then you will shine like stars. The world will know we are his people by our love, not just for one another, but for everyone. When we humble ourselves and put others ahead of ourselves, when we refuse to grumble in our day-to-day -day living, when we refrain from arguing just to make sure people know we're right, even though we may not always be right, we show the world 
that Christ is more important. And this is so important right now. Just like stars are only visible in contrast to the darkness of a night sky, when we honor the Lord with our conduct, we shine like stars in a very dark world. And it reminds us of what Christ said, let your light shine. Don't put it out. Let it shine. And those around you will glorify your Father in heaven. It's all about Jesus, honoring him by loving others and counting them more significant than ourselves. Where is God? He's right here, in the loving self-sacrifice of his people. That's where we find him. And, in fact, that's exactly where he went for us. We lift our voices. We lift our heads. We lift our He's written songs for everyone from Elvis to the Carpenters, but he wrote this song for his Lord and Savior back in 1984. And that was We Are an Offering by Chris Christian from his album We Are His Hands. Here on Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris and a program called Where is God in a Coronavirus World. You recognize these words? 
the best of times, the worst of times, opening words from Charles Dickens in his classic novel, A Tale of Two Cities. Well, that seems to sum up 2021 as well. I've never experienced so many challenging days mixed with the sweet comfort that only the Lord can bring. I miss getting into the office. I haven't been on the road in a year now. I've made some very sweet memories with my wife as we've isolated together for the past many months. But the reality is these are hard times. And I think that's why I've been blessed by the little book that Oxford professor John Lennox wrote to help answer this question and many others. Where is God in a coronavirus world? Throughout this quick and encouraging read, John will help you focus your eyes on Jesus, who's the only hope we have. Why don't you call us right now? Make your gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry, and we'll send the book to you right away. Where is God in a coronavirus world? Just call us right now at 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can go online. We've put up a few pages from the book for you to read, and you can make your gift and ask for the book there at haventoday.org haventoday.org and it's still not too late to see the gospel of luke to help you do that we have the feature film on dvd that tells christ's story word for word you choose to watch it with either the niv or the kjv translations into english i'm charles morris thank you for joining me won't you come back again tomorrow we'll be joined by a medical doctor who used to work for the cdc and he's now a pastor. And we'll do that in light of the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Count others more significant than yourself. Old words, but good thoughts. I'm Charles Morris, inviting you to join me for the next Haven Today in a program called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? We'll see how relevant those words are for us today.